Yo, 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 and welcome back to the Banter Boys Podcast. My name is Sanji, with me is John. How are you doing, boy? Yeah, doing pretty good. It uh, it never gets old. <laughs> this, is, this has been a long time coming, eh? A proper pod session. Yeah, I'm stoked. <laughs> so, uh, how, how are you doing? Uh, your, your team's uh, not doing too bad, eh? Just uh, two points off the top? Yeah, you know, it's uh, 9.30pm here in Oslo. The baby's asleep. I got a Guinness. Aston Villa's two, I guess, four points off the top now, but was two points going into the game yesterday. Hanging out, talking. Taga, what could be better? The artist formerly known as Taga. (laughs) (laughs) R.I.P. Taga. We love you. We miss you. Come back. Yeah, uh, I I, I thought you guys would have beaten West Ham, but I didn't think it was going to be that bad or that big of a result. And um, just for listeners who aren't aware, uh, the voice that you're listening to is John, our Aston Villa Inside Tracks club rep. So... um, we're going to get a, a bit more Villa on this pod than usual. But uh, yeah, I mean, going back to the game, honestly, what a blowout. Yeah, uh, it was my uh, wife's birthday on Sunday. So I got to watch the first half or right up until that Ward Prowse free kick that uh, he apparently kicked into the wall, which I didn't get to see. So I was expecting sort of like... <laughs> a nervy 1-0 win or like West Ham to come back and beat us 2-1 because I don't know if people that are not Villa fans probably wouldn't know this but the last time that we beat uh, West Ham at Villa Park um, Tim Sherwood was manager and the winner was scored by Tom Cleverley so um, (laughs) yeah they're they're like uh, what wolves are to Man City um, West Ham are to us. So, uh, it yeah. was a huge, I mean, that win felt like the exercising of some demons where it's like, okay, now all of our fans are actually overconfident for once going into Luton. I'm trying to pump the brakes, but I mean, these little changes where players are just feeling confident now and have that swagger on the ball. It's just amazing to see, you know, it's, you see it with other teams when when Sean Dyche got a team like Burnley into Europa or like high up the table. And, and it's just once you get that sort of confidence to take players on, figure stuff out in the pitch, it's just a joy to watch. Yeah, definitely. And Villa Park has become such a fortress now. 11 consecutive home wins, is it? I think oh. something like 33 goals scored, only 7 conceded, 6 clean sheets. The numbers are something like that. I'm, yeah. I might be off by 1 or 2, but um, yeah, uh, absolute um, scary place to be to, to be traveling to at the moment. And I, I got to shout um, out the pick you made last time we were recording together. Um, you you dropped me advice live, and oh my god, it has paid off massively. He ended up being the top scoring ass of this game week, Douglas Louise. Yeah, he's uh, he's unreal. Now I'm not gonna give I'm not gonna give myself all the credit. I didn't think he would be on pens. It was a possibility, yeah. but he's actually been underperforming until this game week this season in terms of like, um. 
he's played in so many good through balls that just like what they're not the chances that have Watkins has been burying, but like that's going to come. He has zero assists and five goals and you would expect maybe that number to get to like eight and five by the end of the season. So like, I don't think these goal contributions are going to dry up. And if Villa keep getting so many touches inside the penalty area, we're going to keep getting penalties and he's looking absolutely lethal on pens, getting the keeper to go the wrong way basically every time. So super confident in him right now. And, you know, there were a lot of players that were bought for a lot of money this summer at his position. And I think you would be hard pressed to say any of them that are significantly better than him in the form that he's on at the moment. I am so happy with, with the way he's developed as a footballer is just unreal to watch. Yeah, I'm so happy as an owner as well. Um, but yeah, def- definitely looking forward to what he's going to provide uh, for managers this season. And I don't think it's too much to expect that he could hit maybe 15 attacking returns uh, by the end of the season. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's that's easily possible with the pens, like... Let's say he gets three to five more pens over the course of the season. And we'll say three to, let's say, we'll call it five assists and a couple more open play goals. And, you know, he's getting all of the corner points from the right hand side. He's taking a lot of the free kicks. He's just, he's exactly what you sort of saw a glimpse of. Five years ago, when Girona were playing against Real Madrid and he scored two goals in that game, and and we brought him in after that, after he was on loan from City, and it was like, okay, where is that guy? But it's been in the, <laughs> it's been in him all along. We just needed to have a manager that put him in the position to succeed, like Emery's doing now, and you know, it's just unreal. What a player! Yeah, got to be yeah. in the Brazil squad next time. Got yeah, be. You, they're disappointing. You'd hope so. That Drew to Venezuela lost to Uruguay. He's got to be back in. Yeah, definitely. I mean, speaking of great footballers, I I think we definitely have to mention uh, the passing of Sir Bobby Charlton. Um, Were you... I I know, to go from such a high note to a low note, but I feel it it would be injustice not to mention him before we continue with the rest of the pod. Um, But do you have any sort of memories of watching Sir Bobby or... Um, you know, maybe family that is like, because for me, like, I don't think I'm, uh, that old that I was, uh, blessed enough to witness, uh, his quality. And, you know, everyone calls him the, uh, the gentleman of, uh, football in, in the UK. But, uh, do you have any thoughts on that before we kind of move on? How old do you think I am, Sanji? <laughs> I don't know, man. No, but like, se- uh... I'm just kidding. But seriously, uh, he's, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think I'm in the same boat as as you, where it's very much the legend that you hear about, but what a legend it is. And I mean, this idea to be a guy who saw, I, I think it was like eight of his teammates die in yeah. a plane crash, and... Um, go on to be an all-time great Manchester United 
an England legend sort of in their honor and really part of the core mythology of Manchester United and their status as a club in, in England, you know, as a, as a, a Villa fan, that era of Manchester United, you can't take anything away from, from them. And it's, you know, it's really a, a huge part of the history of English uh, football, let alone uh, Manchester United and England and uh, the national team, the, the, the way they developed the league and stuff like that. It's just really, really cool. And I, it was, it's great, been great seeing all these like archival clips of the footage that we do have of him playing over these past couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, if you haven't looked at any of the footage, I mean, uh, players like uh, Bobby Charlton are, are why I like watching football. And a lot of the stuff he was doing back then, you can still see players doing today. I mean, he was so modern in his game and his ball striking and stuff like that. So yeah, it's pretty cool to watch. Yeah, definitely. All right. So now what we'll do is a quick social plug. Ross, I'm going to let you do your thing right here. Yeah, for sure. So you can message us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handles at BantaB. On Discord in the DraftPL channel, BantaBoys, hashtag 6585. On Reddit, you backslash Banta underscore boys. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, SoundCloud, and YouTube, all under the name of Banta Boys. All right. Um, hopefully you've listened to us, you know, depending on whatever platform you're on. YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, or even on Spotify. Just give it a follow. I mean, rate it five stars. You could rate it less, but... Come on, just rate a five stars. Be a nice person. Christmas is right around the corner. Um, do you have any uh, plans for the upcoming festive period, uh, Halloween? I guess y- your kid might be too young to appreciate uh, candy, right? Yeah, he's he's not eating solid foods yet. But, you know, I'm going to try and give him a little scare. Uh, <laughs> I just gestured with my hands in a kind of scary way. Um <laughs> Doing an office quiz at my office. Uh, okay. So, yeah, it should be fun. Um, All right. But really just trying to get into the spirit. How about you? Um, so right now I'm staying with family and there's like kids that are on the streets and I'm trying to encourage my family. We should do something, at least put a pumpkin out, you mm. know, with a scary carving. Like I've carved pumpkins before. I enjoy uh, it's it. Fun, it's a nice yeah. uh, family thing to do. Yeah. And just have some candy, you know, to kind of give out to kids because surely kids will be around ringing bells, that sort of stuff. But, uh, nothing, nothing other than that. Um, I mean, as soon as that's done, it's like, okay, Christmas prep has begun. Because, like, the Sunday that went by, we finally made a practice Sunday roast meal. Because we're trying to perfect our Sunday roast come okay. Christmas. Because we're going to do similar foods. Interesting experience, for sure. I've learned a few things here and there about British cuisine. Not Nothing that I brag about, but uh, looking forward to the, the festive season, for sure. Yeah. Okay, how, how are you doing your potatoes? That's the real test. Uh, so, so we did them two ways, actually. We recently got, like, an air fryer. We tried it with the air fryer. I'm not a fan. I uh, get the crispiness. Get that, get that shit, but or get that the, stuff out of here. 
<laughs> There's nothing like some good unhealthy grease to kind of crisp up your potatoes, right? So you want the least healthy fat you can think <laughs> of, so like a beef exactly. tallow or like a duck fat, something that like really has an air of fattiness to it. Hundred percent, right? Like uh, I've not been, uh, you know, spending this entire year trying to stay fit. For me to do it during Christmas as well. Like, Christmas is a time that I'm allowed to be as unhealthy as I possibly can be, you know? While drinking responsibly, guys, you know? Come on. We're all about uh, responsibility. <laughs> whenever, you, anyways, whenever you have to remind yeah. someone to drink responsibly, it's usually a good sign that you're drinking irresponsibly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> all right, uh, I think let's get started then. Uh, let's get right into our data dump ay 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 fantasy with the banta boys all right so starting off we're going to look at key passes uh, the highest number of key passes recorded in game week nine was five by Bruno Fernandez. Then four key passes by Diaby, Gallagher, Morgan Gibbs-White, Neto, Madison, McAtee, Son, Slobosly, and James Ward-Prowse. Thoughts, John? Yeah, well, you know, the one name that's jumping out to me there, and it might not be the one that you would have thought, is uh, James McAtee. Mm, yeah. Um, just because, you know, he was really excellent for, um, for them last season in the championship. And you were sort of waiting for that reappearance in, um, FPL this season. And I haven't really seen much of anything, but looking kind of nice, uh, suddenly. And, the, uh, Sheffield United were really taking the game to Manchester United for big components of it. I mean, tough, yeah. tough sell on a Sheffield United asset, but uh, <laughs> definitely <yeah>. it <laughs> is interesting. Every everybody else sort of uh, makes sense. I mean, Gallagher putting up four against Arsenal is kind of interesting if he's going to have a more advanced role going forward. Um, yeah, he was absolutely brilliant that, that game, yeah. honestly. Yeah, um, man, honestly, it, it this would be like a quick rant. I was livid that we dropped points in that game. I feel like we lost that game. We didn't draw that game. Like, 2-0 up, we were, coast, like, cruising. And then Sanchez does fucking shit Sanchez always does. Like, we've seen that side of him even when he was at Brighton. So it's, it's frustrating, the manner and, you know, the way we dropped the points. But... I guess credit to Arsenal, they didn't give up, and that's kind of the sign of possible champions or title contenders, is don't play well, but get a result at the same time. But I, I thought we were brilliant. Um, the tactical setup by Poch was amazing, like, first 60 to 70 minutes, I think it was all us, like, basically stifle them and counter, and uh, counter with numbers. Obviously, sure, our, like... We had a penalty. One was definitely a fluke goal. Mudrik didn't mean it. Come on. Like, I mean, I could be a blind Chelsea fan and be like, yeah, for sure. He meant that. No fucking way he meant that shit. Come on. But I'm very glad that he scored it because he needed it for his confidence. Because there's definitely a player in there, right? Um, but sometimes you need these breaks. So I am just happy with the man of the performance. And 
you know, a lot of people wrote us off coming into the start of difficult fixtures. And I think we might surprise a few folks um, in the next four or five games. But uh, yeah, it's like you said, Gallagher, there's, there's a chance that he could rack up these key passes and stuff like that. And... I mean, going back to McAtee, is the, it's just ironic that a Man City uh, product performs against Manchester United, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but er- everything else kind of makes sense. I, I do want to ask you one thing about Diaby before we move on to the yep. next category. Um, do you think the presence of Zaniolo or Zaniolo's minutes are affecting the way Diaby's performing in games now? Uh... I would say no. Um, so I think he was like a little disappointing in the last two games before the international break, just like on a personal performance level. I don't have like the fan tracks numbers in front of me, but I'm sure he probably wasn't that bad. But I could see him getting tired and slowing down. But he and Zaniolo don't really occupy the same spaces. And if anything, Zaniolo being in that other 10 half space um, is just going to continue to create room for him. Uh, and Diaby looked a lot fresher this week um, after the international break. And I thought from the um, highlights that I saw of the second half, he looked... Um, pretty electric in this game versus West Ham again in doing just those quick uh, one second decisions that I keep talking about. That's actually where he's like world-class. It's not actually in his pure pace, although it's very good, Um, (laughs) but it's in his efficiency. That's what like separates him from Leon Bailey he doesn't need to take players on. He beats them with quickness of thought. And that's really, in my mind, the mark of a great player. So I think his scoring is really sustainable at, I think in my league, he's at 12 points a game, but he's probably somewhere in that 10 to 14 range in most leagues. And I have no doubt that he's going to stay around that level. Yeah, just averaging a tad bit about above 11 points per game and just shy uh, of 100 points in total for the season in the default scoring vision of the game uh definitely i think uh managers that took the punt uh it paid off massively and uh yeah i mean villona hole just great team to watch lovely attacking football i think you're just gonna kind of tick along uh for the rest of the season with attacking retains from him all right let's look at shots and how many one target so the highest number of shots attempted in game week nine was seven by chris wood <laughs> of nottingham forest with four on target then six shots attempted by embuemo he had four of those on target five shots attempted by cunha with four on target Slavoslai also attempted five shots, but he only had zero on target. Okay. Uh, then four shots attempted by TBB, zero on target. Archer with two of his four on target. Neto with zero of his four on target. Neil Mopay or Mopai, uh, two of his four on target. Cole Palmer with two of his four on target. Mo Salah and Jota both attempting four as well. Salah with two on target. Jota with one of his four on target. And then rounding things off, Ollie Watkins with two of his four shots on target. 
Thoughts, John? Um, so you mean to tell me that players that are playing against Luton in Burnley as striker have the most shots and the most shots on target? <laughs> it seems a bit too obvious, right? <laughs> But, okay, so without belaboring the point, if your league hasn't figured out yet that you should just dump in all of the streamers that you possibly can that are going against Luton and Burnley, you have a tremendous competitive advantage. Chris Wood yeah. got four shots on target against Luton. Like, it, say what you want about Luton. The way that they defend is actually pretty interesting and I think pretty good compared to the other promoted teams. But the idea is to take this, like, shell defense that's basically playing on the goal line. And mm. players just get ridiculous amounts of shots on target because you're put into a situation in which you have to take shots from slightly suboptimal positions against their goalkeeper, basically. Or that's what they want to create. Um, so it's... It's just a, a very good um, environment for scoring in the fan tracks game. And I think this team, this year with the quality of the promoted teams being so, 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 so poor, um, it's really created sort of like a cheat code that has made the game seem slightly less fun to me. I have to admit that it's just like <laughs> you just dump. I, I, I streamed in Alanga, Harry Toffolo, And Sangare, who had a bad game and already had bully, and I scored a, an absolute unreal amount of points this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I felt a little silly, um, you know, not considering Wood versus Luton. I was just like, but Wood doesn't ghost well. I think I looked at that and not the opposition. I just assumed, oh, okay, you know, maybe he's still going to struggle. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if I had grabbed him in one of my leagues, um, there's a chance I could have ended up winning because um, mm. I, I lost by just 30 points and he got like 32 or something around that region. And you're, you're right. I mean, if their FA is versus um, either Burnley or Sheffield United or Luton, I want to say all three, really, yeah. um, just go, go in on them. Like, don't even think about it because there's a lot worse options like i and we're gonna get to that segment next uh about like you know for example man city defenders there's probably a, a better chance of you scoring better against these teams than than you know rolling out your city defender against any opposition yeah and playing city defenders is i i don't do it i mean like maybe guardiol because he's been getting forward a lot but it's like you have yeah. to really like pitch me on why you would ever play a man city defender 100 yeah <laughs> um but yeah i don't think anything else really stands out i guess like there's so many liverpool players there because everton had the red card yeah. also that that whole red card situation i get like um ashley old getting you know two yellows it makes sense they were two hey, stupid watch it, situations watch it, okay. I know I'm speaking off a villa, a villa legend, but I mean, like, they were kind of silly falls. Yeah. Both yellows, understandable, but how Konate stayed on the pitch is beyond me. Oh, uh, that was ridiculous. Yeah. 
It was ridiculous. ridiculous. Well, after the um, VAR thing, there were a bunch of people that were like, basically, ref field tilt is going to be 80-20 to Liverpool for the rest of the season. And so far, that's sort of what we've seen. Yeah. (laughs) Liverpool is, is what we call them. All right, uh, Akrik crosses into the box. Uh, the highest number recorded was three by Langa, then two by Chong, Dalo, Doughty, Morgan Gibbs-White, Neto, and Trippier. Quick thoughts? Yeah, uh, I mean, again, this this Nottingham, this Nottingham Forest-Luton game, I watched, I watched the whole thing, and Nottingham Forest were absolutely dominating this game. And then for some reason, they took off Willy Bully. They took off Sangare who are their, like, two biggest, most physical players. And surprise, surprise, Luton generated an absolute, like, haul of chances in um, the last uh, 20 minutes of that game. So you see Chong and, and Dowdy in there. And Luton did a pretty interesting thing, which is, like, they made basically mass subs. So they were way fresher and... um just sort of took the game by the scruff of his neck. It was a pretty entertaining uh, game. But um, what I think is actually maybe slightly more interesting to talk about is if you want to just go one line up and use the opportunity to big up the white yardy Cole Palmer, pride of St. Kitts and Nevis. <laughs> Wait, what? He has Caribbean heritage? No way. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. You got to you got to check out Cole Palmer's grandpa. He, he's looking what? like a Saint Kitts legend. I think I might need to look this up after the pod. But... I'll I'll screen share with you right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. What? Cole Palmer? No way. Here you go, Bruh, Nah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. Okay, now his, it makes all. This is now it makes so much sense. Yeah, he's the white yardie. That now that makes so much sense. No wonder he's <laughs> such a baller. <laughs> like no wonder, no wonder he fits in so well. All right, okay, man. Just I mean, Cole Palmer just needs dreadlocks at this point, and then yeah, he's gonna be the perfect package for us, yo. Yeah, it's the, it's the Saint Saint Kitts Trinidad link we got going on, <laughs> you know. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we are dreadlocks FC after all, right? So that 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 was the meme going going around for a while. Um, but I mean, it's it's no surprise to see Luton in the Acrocrosses, right? Again, they're still maintaining being the top club for crosses um, attempted. I guess yeah. two hundred and twenty-two at the moment. But they, listen, they have a way of playing, and I. Kudos to them, because um, it, it's going to get them a few results. I don't know what it's going to do by the end of the season, but yeah, uh, let, let's see how things go. Anyways, final category is the extra ones, uh, just looking at like the outliers and stuff like that. So tackles one, uh, the highest number was six by Polinia, no surprise there. Uh, five by Traore, I think that is the Wolves Traore. Um, yeah, he was so good after he came on from the bench against Villa. Oh, he okay, was okay, honestly, okay. I he looks good. Yeah. Okay. Just okay. that's like a pure eye test thing. He's he looks like he could be one of the Ghost Point DMs, but it's just like, are there really any Ghost Point DMs that are fan tracks relevant in like a sexy way? Yeah. Like you can so. basically like rice. Ro- Rodri isn't yeah. ghost points. Rodri's real points now. Casemiro? 
Yeah, I guess. I, he's been terrible this season, but... <laughs> but I blame United. I don't blame him. Yeah. I still think he's a world-class player. Like, I just I, think Eric Ten Hag doesn't like fucking know what he's doing at the moment. He so. looks cooked, though. <laughs> yeah, he really does. <laughs> Uh, dispossessions highest number was six by Solanke, then five by Aitnuri and William. Interceptions of a higher five by Robinson. Uh, clearances we've got a higher of twelve by O'Shea from Burnley, then eight by Branthwaite, Colwell, and Dinia. Uh, successful dribbles a higher five by Doku, then four by Ayu, Bowen, Abdullah, Decoria, and Mitoma. Aerials ten by VVD, eight by Doherty and Wood. <sighs> Block shots, four by Tarkovsky, three by Lascelles, Maguire, and Ream. So, I mean, I'm going to ask you quick thoughts, but at the same time, there's a few names in here that I feel like are worth kind of having a quick chat about. Yep. I'm going to start off, though, with your boy Dinia, right? there. I mean, we were having these chats um, off-air all the time about, you know, Alex Moreno, is he going to take the place, fitness, etc., etc. What's What's the deal with Dinia? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he was, uh, as I, I said in the recent uh, fan tracks ep- and before the season, he was like supposed to be in Saudi Arabia right now. And then uh, got a hat trick of assists uh, against yeah. uh, Hibernian in our Conference League playoff. And then Unai Emery started gassing him up. And now he's back to Everton, Dina. Uh, but... As I keep saying, once Alex Moreno is back and fully fit, um, he is the player that Emery wants to be using in that position. Now, like, if by the time that he's finally fit, Dinier has, like, cemented that spot and we're going too well for him to get the place back, kind of, that is possible. But one possibility is also that he's no longer nailed for a hundred minutes every week um and we go back to a situation where they're sort of like sharing halves which they did right after moreno got signed um but this hamstring injury seems like a real challenging one for moreno at the minute so i think you're probably good until the next international break with digne and i would sell him at the next international break if I was an enterprising manager that could get fair return for him. What what would you be trying to go for, though? Like, given um, how well Lucadinia is playing? I mean, obviously, it, like, depends on your team composition. But just in terms of, like, a player that I think could maybe be in the ballpark of what you would get for... Like each position. Give me a name for each position, I'd say. Okay. Well, let's... (laughs) So, I think, um, depending on your league, if Mario is a midfielder, uh, Mm. you could probably trade for him. Um, I'll choose another Nottingham Forest defender (laughs) in in Willy Bully. If there's someone who's trying to sell high in Willy Bully, I am a Bullyver. Um, hey, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I think um, you could also probably um, buy high or buy low on someone like Mount or Grealish if they continue to not get a ton of minutes. Mm. 
and yeah. do like sort of like a package deal there where the guy thinks he's r- ripping you off. I don't know. I would just try and target a premium or an asset that is performing better than Digne, uh already that is less sexy. Yeah. Okay. But, right. I, you know, it's it obviously comes down to like your your roster composition and, and what you need. But Digne has been good, but his performances have been no means been irreplaceable at the defense position. I think in my league, he's at sub 10 points still. So usually if I have any starter that's sub 10 points per game, I'm looking to upgrade on them if possible. And he's got great rep right now. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I might have to throw a few feelers out. Because uh, I've got, like, in my league, I've got both Dina and Cash. Mm. Probably hold on to Cash, right? Yeah. Um, cash, cash. so away from home, uh, he's probably going to keep playing right mid. Mm. At least yeah, for I've the been time hearing being. a lot of talks about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until Jacob Ramsey's back, he's going to keep playing right mid away from home. So, uh, yeah, I think he's a very valuable asset for the time being. Once Moreno's back and yeah, everything could go into flux, but uh, I, this squad has so many options right now. It's uh, sort of tough to predict what's going to happen once people start getting healthy. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, before we move on from the segment, uh, I do want to pick your brain on two players. Like, which rounds do you think you'd be drafting them right now in 12-man league? Abdullahi Dukori right now. Oh. <sighs> I I would hopefully not be drafting him. In really? the sense that but I think he would go too, I think he would go too high. Yeah, he probably would be, eh? Which is I feel like somebody might go round three or round four for him. But every, I probably wait till round every five, fall Abdullah Dukori does this. Every single <laughs> fall. And I trade him every single year. I didn't have him this year, but I trade him every yeah. single year. And then he yeah. goes back to being the player that he's always been, which is fan tracks relevant, but yeah. Nothing special, maybe like yeah. 70 rank, 80 rank, something like that. So, um, yeah, I, I would ideally not be drafting him, but I don't think he's a, a bad player by any means. And in general, I th- and we'll get to this later, I think Everton assets are being tremendously undervalued. Um, Interesting. Okay. Uh, just, just for a little taste of what yeah. we have later, um, would you believe that uh, Onana is 33% owned and Mikolenko is 22% owned? <laughs> Miko, Miko should be higher. I've been he's seeing his points like 12 recently. Points a he's game ghosting really, really well. Yeah, yeah. he's unreal. He's really well. Their, yeah. team's really, their team is performing like a top eight team in terms of like XG or whatever. And yeah. that's really relevant for fan tracks. Like, Regardless of what type of finishers they have and stuff like that, if you're not relying just on goal contributions, they're performing really, really well. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and the other name I wanted to uh, pick your brain about was uh, Jeremy Doku. Uh, he came in as one of the hot prospects <laughs> for this season. People were worried about Grealish's impact, maybe threat of rotation, but... This kid has just uh, lit the fan tracks world on fire, man. Yeah, I I have uh, I drafted Grealish for too much money in my auction draft, and then I spent <laughs> all of my free agent bucks for the entire season 
on Jeremy Goku Doku. And I am very, <laughs> very, very happy that I did because what a saucer. He, yeah. he is just a joy to watch. He has, I saw, I saw someone on Twitter saying that he only has three moves and they are completely unstoppable. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, it is just so much fun. It is a joy to watch him play. Yeah. And, uh, he is exactly what Manchester City needed because this, like Tony Poulis uh, type setup that Pep is rolling out this season has made their games an absolute slog to watch for me. Um, yeah. Nearly joyless. Uh, yeah. He is playing, he is playing Poulis Kenwin Jones football with Erling Haaland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pulling on my heartstrings here, John. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, I, I, I doubted him. Um, when he first came in, because I'm like, yeah, Pep's no, no way is Pep gonna stick with this guy. Like, uh, he's too much of a dribble merchant. Like, because we saw the way he kind of treated Mares, right? Um, and I thought he would have gotten a similar treatment, but I just feel like he's uh one step above. Like, he, yes, he beats his player, but I don't know. There, there's something about him, man, and you can see he's developing uh a bit of chemistry with Julian Alvarez as well. I think. Yeah, I, what he did this weekend to Milner was elder abuse. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really glad Deserby decided to like take him off at halftime. It could have gone really ugly. Like, yeah, I mean, but honestly, like, how disrespectful! Also, to be like, <laughs> you're not coming back out for the second half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very true. Like, he shouldn't have. He shouldn't have been put in that position in the first place. But then it was like, oh, I've made a big mistake. oh all right uh let's now move on to our next segment which is the league updates all right john i'll let you kick things off man how's things going in your home league yeah really really good um i am in second place at six and three first place is seven and two i'm like 10 points behind first place or something like that. So feeling pretty confident about my team. The performances keep getting better. I have Grealish and Mount on the bench and I'm just like sort of looking for a trade up for them, but I have like crazy depth right now. I targeted sort of good um, free agent picks early on and I've, been using the sort of Burnley, Luton, Sheffield United streamer strategy to just fill out defense every week, kind of. Willie Bully and Nathan Collins have been my constants at the back there. I've played them like every game. Um, And then uh, working with some Bournemouth assets, which maybe we should talk about a little later, that they could be interesting with the manager change. Uh, And... I got Watkins and Doku up top, so uh, pretty happy with that striker partnership. Nice. Um, do you have any moves that you've made already, like free agent grabs and stuff, that you're kind of tweaking things? Yeah, so so for this week, um, dropped Elanga after his 30 bomb against Luton, uh, because it's a 30 bomb against Luton. Picked up Zaniolo uh, for potentially a 30 bomb against Luton. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But, uh, yeah. 
you've noticed yeah. the theme here, uh, I also picked up Alex Scott because he started the last game for Burnley, or at least played like 55 minutes, or for Bournemouth, and he's playing Burnley at home. Uh, if you notice the theme here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, those are my streamers for this week so far. I'm probably gonna swap out Toffolo, who's been really good for one of Matip or Ben Mee, depending on who starts there. But, um, yeah, pretty happy. I'm currently trying to work on a trade for, like, to trade Grealish and Mount for Trippier, which would be... Oh, no, no fucking way you... Which would be that. great, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm currently sort of uh, bothering the owner to get him to... He said yes <laughs> without thinking about it, but now he is has ghosted me, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I, I, I would be amazed if you managed to pull that off, honestly. Alright, uh, so for my league updates, we'll look at the DPL Com League. Um, so, I kind of got blown out a bit. At, at one point, I was like looking at my opponent, like doubling my score. He ended up like 140, but I mean, listen, Douglas Louise at least made it, my score kind of respectable in that sense. Um, so, I, I had a loss in the league and in the cup, but that cup thing, I think, is like a group stage Champions League thing, so I'm not too, too concerned. And I came up against like uh, pretty much the similar assets from both teams, like face Salah, face Slobosly. Um Yeah, so, I mean, the game week started like kind of brutal in that sense. Um, but uh, I guess game week, other game week goods is like grabbing... Uh, Dawson like I was like at that point I was like okay maybe I should just grab you know players that can either get negative two or like 30 yeah. I mean sure Dawson conceded right away but still put up around 15 points which shocks me a little bit but I'm wondering is that maybe because of the profile of striker Solanke is and what he kind of allows centre-backs that he's playing against to score like or uh, to kind of score that highly um, so maybe something to kind of consider yeah. moving forward right I would just say that, like, when you're... So, we saw that Virgil van Dijk had 10 aerials as well. And when you're yeah. down a man for a large portion of the game with a physical striker, like, hoofball becomes sort of the viable get-out strategy. So, yeah. in those situations, it is... Oh, it feels so good when you see that happen. And you're like, oh, we're needed now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what else was good? I mean, regular, um, beast players on my, um, roster just doing the biz. Trippier, Jensen, Jota. Uh, Huang, I grabbed, um, on FA's last time. Um, it was just frustrating that I was a Cunha owner early in the season, and he was doing fuck all, I dropped him, and then he put up his highest score against me. But, you know, that's fantasy for you. Mm. Um, but I'm glad to kind of have a, a piece of that Wolves attack, I guess, and that's mostly because of Pedro Neto. Yeah. Um, Game Reaker gets, I guess, not taking riskier punts. So, like, kind of going with um, assets that I knew w were starting. Um, so, like, you know, getting a Chelsea asset versus Arsenal instead of waiting for a Manchester United one versus Sheffield. Because I talked about, like, you know, possibly getting Maguire or um, Johnny Evans. But I went with Caicedo in midfield. Um, I thought, you know, he would have had a lot more weight to do against that Arsenal midfield. But... Yeah, I, you know, 
I, I guess I don't learn because I did also play a Man City defender in this fucking league. So <laughs> yeah, I, I keep telling people don't do it, and I keep doing it. So how's Caicedo? How's Caicedo doing in terms of fan tracks? I haven't really been monitoring him at all. Uh, nothing to brag home about. Honestly, just a bit of a, a low floor steady Eddie. Like uh, he's, like he's not he's, in terms of the ghost no, points even. and stuff. Nah, not not even close. Because Conte used to get ghost points that were closest to the double digit end of things, right? Like it yeah. feels like for Caicedo so far, um, it feels like seven or eight would be his ceiling at the moment, which yeah. is quite sad. Yeah, that feels quite about sad. right. Yeah, that's what that's what's happening uh, in my head there, but I didn't know <laughs> yeah. if uh, there was some upside. Now nah, you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. <laughs> um, Rossi concerns. I guess like concerns in this is like I've got a bunch of dead weight on my bench, like Eze, Casemiro, but Casemiro's flag is gone, so maybe that changes. I'm still got Ivan Tony in all my leagues, pretty much, so I can't complain about that. Um, had him since the draft. I'm just hoping it pays off towards the end. And uh, Nico Jackson now seems to be a bench option. So, a little worrying. Not sure if I should try and trade him out now or just be patient and hold on to him like one of those Liverpool assets that, you know, Ugh. he might just smash it when he plays. It's so, I mean, it's so confusing because, like, I think Jackson's a really good player. Agreed. And, I mean,. As a Chelsea fan, it's probably hard for you to like pick between your sons, but uh, (laughs) I would, if I was the manager, I would be playing him over Mudrik 10 times out of 10. Sterling can play everywhere on the pitch. He can play that left wing role. You can get Palmer false nine, Palmer right wing, Jackson through the middle. Jackson's really a right winger, and so he's like competing with Palmer theoretically mm. right now in this like mm. Pochettino system I guess but like Jackson is very much like Ali Watkins yeah where yeah. once he gets on a roll he just doesn't stop scoring he scored mm. in like the last 10 games of the La Liga season last year so um it's pretty disappointing I, I don't have any shares in him but like he's someone that I've been actively looking to trade for you know, I think I have to pump the brakes, uh, but it's uh, it's pretty sad that I feel like I have to pump the brakes. I feel like you should be playing. <laughs> so I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, I think he does a lot for the team. Sure, he's not scoring the goals. And I mean, he had that frustrating moment against Arsenal as well, where he should have pulled the trigger once he made that run, but he was trying to dribble past Rye instead, and it just kind of turned into nothing. But... I think I think it's like you said. Um, once he, you know, gets a couple of goals under his belt in open play, it might just be one of those purple patch runs. So I think mm. maybe it's one of the situations where you either be patient or just time it in a trade. So, um, in terms of uh, waiver picks, I made so I dropped uh, Odubear, I grabbed Josh Brownhill, I dropped Kaishedo, I got Ezri Concer. So I'm following that. Play against the bad teams. Just grab yeah. those assets, right? Yeah. I, and I dropped Johnson's and I grabbed Emerson Royale because Udogi came off injured. So I'm kind of gambling on a possible start. And I mean, it's a Friday fixture, right? First game of the game week. If he doesn't start, drop him. I've got an open spot on my roster. Mm. Yeah. What Was it an injury? Uh, I think it was like a slight knock or slight muscle injury for okay, Doggy. He came off before the 68 minutes. So interesting. Just something to monitor. 
Yeah, I sold him in FPL already just because I wanted to change my team composition a little bit, but that's uh, that's makes me feel better about doing that. <laughs> like I said, you know what you're doing, man. Um, so I'm going to quickly catch up in IGL as well. Uh, so IGL, I absolutely destroyed my opponent who was the league leader and was chatting shit like in our oh, group chat go. he was basically Chats like about banged. yeah basically right he was like catch up so i sent him like that gif of the nfl um i don't know what you call i don't know the positions but it's basically somebody trying to catch the guy with the ball and it's just like him like gaining the lead but not really catching him um <laughs> but yeah it was like you know Chat should get banged, obviously. Uh, I had a massive win in my cup game as well. Um, but yeah, I dropped like 150 points or something like that in that Whoa. league. Uh, yeah, that, that, that league is just kind of ridiculous, man. Um, like, good is like, I love having Vicario. Virgil ghosting out of his mind. Bruno finally turning up with uh, an attacker return. Getting just under 20. Douglas Ruiz as well. Declan Rice and Buemo. Like, yeah, I did I did proper damage. That's a good my spot. Only, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if I had to read it out, Vicario, Cash, Dinia, VVD, midfield, Bruno Fernandes, Douglas Luiz, James Garner, Jensen, Declan Rice, Lyle Foster, and Buemo up top. And on my bench, I've got Ivan Tony, Jackson, Gakpo, Brownhill, and now I've got... Who did I grab for John Stones in this league? I think I grabbed somebody kind of useful. Let me check. I got Casemiro. For John Stone. Somebody okay. dropped Casemiro in my league. And I was okay. just like, no way am I letting you go. So <laughs> How many teams I got are in this league? Fab. Huh? How many teams are in this league? <clears throat> 12, 12. 12 people. Oh my god. How'd they let you get away with this? Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I feel like no one noticed it. And they saw that broken red flag early in the week. And every, everybody probably was like, oh yeah. United as shit. Da, da, da. But I think Casemiro is way too good to, to not be starting games for Manchester United. So... Yeah, after they get him on the treadmill for a couple more weeks, he'll be good to go. Man has that uh, Eden Hazard uh, slash Higuain Nutella diet, probably. So. Yeah, you're talking about a carbonara boy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said I said in the first game week of the season, I have this running joke with my league mates that it's like uh, about these carbonara boys. And then I made like a... I used the new... AI photo engine thing to make a induction ceremony for Casemiro <laughs> to the Carbonara Boy Hall of Fame. He was just like oh. walking around that first week of the season. He looked a little better yeah. as time goes on, but I'm like, this isn't good. This is like, this is vintage Matic levels of carrying yeah. 10, 10 uh, kilos. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, when Matic was bad, he was bad. <laughs> Real bad. All right. Um, those are league updates. So I think that rounds off the first half of the pod. So now what we'll do is uh, take a quick break and then we'll be back uh, with uh, questions and picks. So we'll see you in a bit. And we are back. Uh, what sort of whiskey are you having anyways? I am having the Kilcoman Norwegian cask edition, which is from a small distillery in Scotland that uh, I really like. Highly recommend. All right. All right. You heard the plug. Might need to get them to sponsor this uh, episode. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Kilcoman. We, we have 
a humble but growing fantasy football podcast focusing on draft fan tracks leagues. Sponsor yeah. the pod, baby. <laughs> there you go. All right, we got a fuck ton of questions, man. So many questions. Um, so I I was just gonna maybe we could just take them one at a time. You ask one, I ask one, and we just try and churn through them as quickly as possible. Yeah. Okay, maybe I should ask this first one since there's a component of it that is addressed to you. <laughs> yeah, sure, let's do that. Okay, uh, Draft Tash with a icon of Tom Selleck, uh, that's <laughs> at Draft Tash, asks, Far too early, but to steal a segment from your side hustle, are these guys fantasy fake or real? Mateus Franca, six points in 20 minutes. Andros Townsend, 7 points in 17 minutes. Also, I got a trade from Edinburgh to Leeds today. Did it take longer or shorter than Sanji making a draft pick? Your turn was definitely quicker. John, you've been in a draft with me before, right? The Banter Bash League? I, yeah, I was in that draft. <laughs> do you, do you remember forever. me drafting? Yeah, it might have been my fault partially as well. No, no, like, no. <laughs> no, but if... if anyone has actually drafted with me in a 12 person 10 person league i am well known for uh taking my sweet ass time with my draft clock but listen i mean sometimes i I like to think about my picks and stuff and you know what i'm actually doing better in my slow draft than my fast draft league so clearly you know you know well thought out plan and you know weighing up all the assets options and stuff like that i I think it's i think it's important Obviously, don't abuse your draft clock, which I would like people to know that I don't, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, if I have the option to take my time, I'm going to take my I time. I love this being a defense of your, like, draft time <laughs> strategy based on this, like, throwaway joke. But a bit, a what bit. I want to dig in slightly more into here is also this train ride from Edinburgh to Leeds, you know. <laughs> Late October must must have been gorgeous out there. Yeah, probably for real. Um, but to dig into the question, um, who who if you had to pick one between Mateus Franca and Andros Townsend, who are you taking? Franca. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit sexier, at least. Yeah, I mean, they, they got him in for a reason, not to bench him. I think he was supposed to be a starter. It's just because of that injury that he's. I, unless you have a different opinion to this. I don't... Like, do you have a case of Malcolm Ibue syndrome here? <laughs> Where Palace brings in a talented 19 or 20-year-old, gives them some burn, and everyone thinks that he's going to therefore start. And next thing you know, he's, like, playing in U21 and getting sent out on loan. But... um so with Franco, my my concern is that he played the U twenty one game today. Mm. Uh, he apparently was very good in the U twenty one game, so that's a positive. But if someone's a nailed on starter for the next game week, they're usually not playing a U twenty one game on a Tuesday. Now it's a U twenty one game on a Tuesday, so there is a chance. That it was just like sort of building up his fitness. But 
I still sort of doubt that he's a starter this week. So then it comes down to if you can hold, and then if you're committing to holding, are you going to be able to let him go before the time that you've just wasted like four weeks of a roster spot? Now, that being said, I do not believe in Andros Townsend. So I am also, <laughs> I'm much more interested in Franca. Like I have, I know that he played in a U21 game today. So I'm clearly like sort of, I think people that are in the know are sort of like monitoring him. So if you want to be the first to act, be the first to act. But I think there is a reason why no one has acted yet, if that makes sense. Yeah. So the the Franca thing is like, I mean, if we had to look at uh, break down his six points or whatever, there were three key passes. I think he took four corners when he came on the pitch as well. Um I think there was like one he att- he completed one pass into the final third as well so he's quite attacking the the attacking yeah. potential is there as well and I think he will dominate set pieces and especially now because Elise is not back as is not back like there is a very good route for him to you know somewhat nail a spot in this Crystal Palace team I'm not saying he's going to be nailed rest of the season cuz when those other boys are back like you'd think they yeah. trump everything else, right? But yeah. if you can maybe ride it, sell high, um, I think it's a good opportunity for you to do so. Also, I I love Andros at Luton because I think it's the perfect club for him. We all yeah. know how good he is at crossing the ball, his delivery into the box. And what does Luton love to do? Cross it into the box. So he might not be, again, like, you know, a starter every, you know, game week or whatever. But... He's definitely better than some of the starting options they've got at that yeah. club. You know, Sanji, you're sort of talking me into Andros Townsend being the answer. <laughs> Baby, I got him in my Dynasty League, so I'm ready. <laughs> okay, you have Andros Townsend in Dynasty? That is absolute <laughs> sicko behavior. Uh, let, me, let me just say that first. That is sicko behavior. Uh, uh, but... Um, the, th- the thing with Franca, like you're saying, is that like his path to playing time is just because all these guys who are coming back in the next, by the end of the next international break are out. And then it's like really, he needs to beat out Odson, Edward, and Mateta for playing time, which is possible. Yeah. But is it probable for a 19 year old who is playing U21 games? I don't know. And Townsend is going to be crossing the ball a ton. He got those seven points because he was taking set pieces. He uh, got an assist as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, so there weren't ghost points in that seven points. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> one set piece, um, yeah. to be clear. Yeah. But yeah. him taking set pieces for Luton has intrinsic value, at least against the bad yeah. teams. But just like... The counterpoint is, are you really starting a Luton asset week in, week out that's not Dowdy? And is he going to actually just wind up hurting Dowdy's value? Yeah. I mean, if you're a Dowdy owner, I'd be going for Townsend, maybe. Yeah. To protect yourself in that sense. Mm. But I think we've invested entirely too much energy in this question now. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I was, gonna, I was thinking about like throwing a third player in, and I was like... I need to stop. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, thank you, Tash. Uh, love that question. Uh, so the next question is from Frog Toga at Frog Toga. 
Rank these for me, gents. Dalo, VVD, Romero. Interested in the discussion after impressive performances from all three. Thank you so much. Okay, so I'm going to turn this into a uh, a a twist on the classic fuck, Mary kill with a start, hey. bench, drop. Yeah. And I would start VVD, bench Romero, and drop Dalo. Agreed. Um, Agreed. And I don't think it's particularly close between VVD and the other two. I think it's quite close mm. between Romero and Dallo. And the thing that sort of ices it for Romero for me is like path to playing time. Now he is a walking yellow card and the ceiling is lower than Dallo, but Dallo has a lot of competition for playing time. And it's not clear to me that Eric Ten Hag actually enjoys playing him. <laughs> which uh is an issue so how many yellow cards do you think romero has for the season i'm gonna guess that it's i want to guess that you're like trolling me and it's somehow zero <laughs> but i'm gonna say it's probably three yeah only two only okay. two in the yeah. nine games yeah but uh, i mean Aitas alone, the the guy looks a bit, well, a lot more mature. I want to say, um, in terms of the the work that he's doing, the influence that he's having on the team. Lionel Messi called him one of the best centre backs in the world. I mean, he did win the World Cup, obviously not on his own, but um, <laughs> it's it's interesting. Like, had we asked this question before the season started, I would have probably started Dalo, um, benched VVD, and dropped Romero. Whoa! No, because Bench like last VVD. season, are you crazy? Virge, but like last season, Verge was not ghosting at all. It's a complete opposite this season. Yeah, but it's like, look, form is t- temporary, class is permanent. Virgil Van Dyke is a good fantasy player and has proved it over the years. And like, regardless if he's ghosting or not, if I just like pull up Virgil van Dyke last season, I guarantee you that he scored more than 10 points a game in my league. Let's see. Uh, you've got a slightly different scoring. Yeah. Right? Oh, 10.2 yeah. points a game in my league. So he was close, but okay. um, this is his, his scoring by year, 2015, 2016, 15 in my league. Year after that, 13. Year after that, 15. Year after that, 14. Year after that, hurt. Year after that, 12. Last year, 10. This year so far, 13. Okay. So, yeah, you're right. Class is permanent. No, but, I mean, Fair. like, there is, like, obviously evidence of a slight decline in there. But um, yeah. what's actually pretty interesting is that I was looking at the ghost points this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, I think, a tweet about this. And... He's outperforming his 2018-19 season for Liverpool in every single sort of like counting metric. Now that can be evidence that Liverpool's defense is significantly worse because a busy defense is a bad defense, but a busy Mm. defense is good in fantasy. Um, And uh, he's like getting way more tackles, more aerials, uh, I think more clearances. So 
from a fantasy perspective, I think he is as attractive as ever. And um, if someone is somehow willing to sell him, buy, 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 buy. He is so consistent. I miss having him in all my leagues. I mean, that's an option for your Grealish Mount trade. Yeah, I'm not getting him. <laughs> I mean, you tried for Trippier, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, you might somehow, as well try, try for so, Mooch. So. Trippier is somehow still not sexy. I don't know how. But people, because really? he's like old or something. People are just like, oh. they're like, yeah, whatever, Trippier. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because he's English. That might be why. I don't know. All right. Um, next question. Uh, you want to take this one? Yep. So this is from Draft Pi. That is the numeric symbol Pi at Draft Pi. There's an underscore between Draft and Pi there if you want to give him a follow or her. Uh, and he wants to know in the, I believe this is Rugby World Cup or is this cricket? Cricket, yeah. Okay, cricket. well, the Rugby World Cup's also going on right now, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. Very confusing. Okay, and it, South Africa's also in it. So, but I was like, okay, yeah. he is in the Cricket World Cup. Um, uh, are there rugby you World think Cup? So. Yeah. You think so. Uh, so India or uh, South Africa or New Zealand for the World Cup? Question mark. I think uh, for me, it'll probably be India. They're hosting the tournament at the moment. You've got to back the host nation. Uh, we've seen it in football as well, right? When Russia hosted the World Cup, all of a sudden Russia was like a team to own assets from in like fantasy games and stuff like that. It was wild, man. I think South Africa have done a marvelous job. Um, New Zealand also playing really well, but you know they they lost Kane Williamson to that uh, fractured thumb injury and it'll be interesting to see how they kind of cope without him. I mean, You've seen like hot prospects like Ravindra come out with uh, surprising a lot of, I think, uh, fans or fantasy managers, uh, like him being an all-rounder. Um, but yeah, I think I'm just going to back India, uh, finish this question, because I don't think John knows anything about cricket. <laughs> well, okay. So are you are you a West Indies boy? Like, is that your Oh, uh, Why do you have to hurt me like this, John? Yes, I am. And we're not in the tournament. <laughs> I mean, as as a kid, when you heard about West Indies having a cricket team, it was the coolest thing in the world. So you guys yeah. have that going for you. I was like, oh, West Indies. That's yeah, pretty, man. It's pretty fire. And um, <laughs> to to address address the question, you know, India are looking great right now. They've been possessed by the still living ghost of Sachin Tendulkar, but. Yeah. Look, I don't know much about cricket. I'm a simple man. <laughs> but when I see New Zealand in a tournament for a game I don't know anything about, they're usually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very, very true. Like dark horses in any tournament I think they play in. So, yeah. Going for them All for right, both that's... rugby and cricket. That's my yeah. double prediction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are they that's in rugby good. still? I... I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah it's alive. New Zealand South good. Africa final, I think. Okay, yeah, there we go. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, thank you, Draft Pie, for your question. Next one is from Draft Espresso at Draft Espresso. Uh, so this is perfect the way all these questions are lining up. Like, <laughs> That's right. So Watkins is historically hot and cold. 
Is it time to sell high or is Watkins a different proposition now? A definite hold in the middle of this potent attacking iteration of Villa. Ooh, talk dirty to me, Draft Espresso. This potent attacking <laughs> iteration of Villa. I love that combination of words. Um, to answer your question seriously, um, Watkins is historically hot and cold. If you look at the first five game weeks of this season when he was cold, he was still scoring a decent amount of points, nothing to write home about. And now that he's hot, he's scoring a whole lot of points. Um, but the window to sell high is not now. It's in, mm. it's in after the next international break or during the next international break. Villa are playing, uh, Luton. Forest and Fulham, Luton and Fulham are at home. Uh, every chance that he gets four attacking returns in the course of those games, if I was to be like uh, a betting man on the higher end of the outcome spectrum, and then you're going, you're selling an asset that's the best player in the game, if not, you know like a top five guy. It, I keep comparing him to peak Vardy. And mm. uh, that is really the type of season that we're getting so far from Watkins. And I think there's really a lot of similarities in their games. A um, little bit nicer guy, also a little bit more boring, but uh, <laughs> uh I would definitely hold, and if you want to sell him for someone like uh, a Bruno Fernandez or a James Ward-Prowse, can do a package deal or something at the next international break, take a swing at it, but I don't think selling now is going to help you in any reasonable way. Like, he'll... Even if, if Villa scores zero goals against Luton, I bet... Watkins would score 10 plus points in that game. Okay. Lovely. All right. Uh, so now we move on to some Discord questions. Uh, we oh got my a, God. a mammoth. This is this is where the research begins. Yeah. I, lo- I love our Discord, man. People are so hardcore in here. Like, yeah. And it's a friendly community. Guys, if you are not part of our Discord, please join. If you don't know the link or don't have the link, DM me on Twitter and I will provide you with the pass. Yeah, you, you know how when like you take like an IQ test or like the SATs or they're like uh, or some sort of standardized test, they tell you that it gets progressively harder as you go through <laughs> the sections. So uh, apparently, we have some geniuses in the Banta Boys Discord. I mean, look, guys, you should be in this community because the level of four dimensional chess these guys are playing is. <laughs> Unbelievable. We have a question based on the lineup builder application from Gorilla Manko here. And his question is, my question for this week is, how much did I fuck up my team during international break (laughs) with stupid trades? And uh, I'm just going to need to run through the 11 very quickly uh, before it's, oh my God. Wow. Okay. Unreal how much he fucked up his team. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just not necessarily in the sense of productivity, but it's a completely different team. 
Uh, so he had Darwin, Doku, Madison, Douglas Louise, Gibbs White, Palmer, Harrison, Anderson, Kukureya, Udogi, and Neto. And now he somehow has Adingra, Son, Tresor, Foden with Kudus as backup, Kulisevsky, Gibbs White, Palmer, Anderson, Simikas, and Evans with Turner as goalie. So I don't understand. He sold his soul for Son, basically? Look, I, I mean, and, and Foden and Kulisevsky are new. Palmer's new. Oh, no, Palmer, he had Palmer. His entire defense is new, except for Anderson. He has a worse goalkeeper for some reason. <laughs> I mean, this is... <laughs> Gorilla Manko, I feel like... As a podcaster, I'm not supposed to be honest with someone who's writing in questions <laughs> to a show like this. Like, really encourage the participation... But you really fucked up your team, man. <laughs> yeah, honestly. So, like, I, I guess, con- like, context. So, actual players traded out are Darwin, Doku, Brennan Johnson, Madison, Douglas <coughs> Louise, Harrison, and Odogi. Traded in Son, Adingra, and Katia Foden, and Kulusevsky. Um, I, th- I think the first fuck up was getting rid of Madison. I would never, ever, ever have done that. I don't care what you're offering me. He's, to me, a top five asset rest of the season. The second fuck-up is trading Doku. The third fuck-up is trading Douglas Louise. The fourth fuck-up yep. is trading Harrison. The fifth yep. fuck-up, maybe, depending on his health, is trading away Udogi. Uh, and so the, the sixth one is trading in Enketia. He should be a free agent. Yeah, a yeah I agree. Son is good. Foden yep. is good. And Kulisevsky yeah. is good. And I also like yeah. Adingra. They're all yeah. good. But the but players that you traded away at every step of the way were just like between a lot and a little bit better. Like Madison is better than Son for fantasy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like people like you might think that Rashford is better than Bruno Fernandez if that's like your opinion. But yeah. he is definitively not better than him for fantasy. And I think yeah. they're very similar sort of type of deal going on with those two players. Yeah. I mean, listen, if if you're doing any drugs, just let me know what you're doing. I might try some. Cause holy yeah, shit, it sounds what, fire. What I'm did. in, man. <laughs> Go out to the woods, get weird. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, man. I, um, love, the, I so- love the idea that he just like woke up after the international break, he was like, oh my god, what happened? <laughs> he woke up with an entirely different team. Yeah, honestly, it's, it's mental. Um, so he had two follow-up questions, obviously. Uh, we can tackle them both together. Any suggestion of players I can trade out to fix the problems I created? And how can I control myself in the next international break? <laughs> um, wow. Uh, so I think you could trade um a dingra while he's getting playing time yeah uh and hopefully get an actual premium back potentially someone like a jeremy doku or a darwin nunez or a jack harrison for instance um that would be great um i think 
keeping Sohn and Foden is a good idea, but I mean, mm-hmm. so also like the issue in trading away like manpower is that there's not really a lot of depth left in the team to trade away. So you're like potentially going to have to trade away a premium to get a premium back. And like, yeah. you obviously like Son, I would guess. So it's going to be hard for you to like divest from him. But that is probably the asset that you have that could return two premiums for the cost of one. Maybe you could target something like a James Ward Prowse plus like Willy Bully or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Son is going to be a 20 plus point per game player for the rest of the season. I mean, he, he has the potential to be, but Spurs are running really hot right now. Um, yeah. I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Sanji? Maybe uh, try and trade out Kulusevsky. I don't know if you need that double dip of Spurs um, because we saw like Kulusevsky's lack of ghost points in this last game. And I think since Son moved central, he's going to have less ghosts, but he will score goals. But it's yeah. like, how reliant are you on those goals? Because I feel like Spurs also had some pretty easy fixtures to start their season at the same time. Man, honestly, if you have an undo button, just hit that undo button. <laughs> I'll build your time machine. I don't know what else what else I can say. Or just stream like a boss. Because, yeah, honestly, like, you could drop Enketia. You could probably drop Alex Scott. I don't know how, how much he's going to turn it up. Willock is... I don't know if he's a stash because Newcastle are purring with, um, without him, without Jolinson. So, yeah, I... I mean, it, it's tough. Like, Tresor, I get it, because our Burnley inside tracks rep, um, Brett, has really hyped him up. And, I mean, Burnley are finally going into the easy run of games. So, hopefully, you get some value out of him and just trade him high as soon as possible. Because, honestly, your your squad before, like, I get that maybe your attack was a little worrying and Cucurella in there, but your midfield was absolute fire. And you could have ridden that until the sun set, like... Yeah. yeah, it's a shame. It's really, a shame. I think the credit to him here, so I'm, I'm not just like bullying you via audio, is that <laughs> your team was unreal before. So you yeah. really like know what you're doing and got yeah. a little bored. So, I mean, I would just encourage you to, for controlling yourself in the next international break, don't get bored being good. Being good is fun. You smile when you watch your team play. Being bad is is bad. You frown when you watch your teams play. You say, oh my god, what the hell is Mike Tresor doing here? Oh, yeah. uh, Jesus. I I knew like we were in for a question, but when you actually unpack it, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to slide into your DMs and send you a hug, girl. That's a, that's a sad, sad question to have answered. Anyways, uh, next one is from Tootsie Roll 1. Um, so, where do you stand on underperforming assets? What to do with them? For example, I have Jesus, Rash, Mount, Grealish, Martinelli, all with high draft value, but haven't lived up to their draft position. And just a heads up, I bought low on Martinelli and Mount. Yeah, I mean, so I think we should probably take these all individually because they're all super different situations. Yeah. Um, maybe, or maybe like the way that we can do it is group them into, uh, 
good and bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jesus. Good. Yeah, good. I wouldn't say bad, but he's not ghosting well. That's my problem with him. Yeah, but, but I mean, so like, Arsenal is gonna figure it out attacking wise. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't make sense that like all season they're just gonna be awful. So I mean, we could say the same thing about Rash then, right? Good. Yeah, I mean, like, I one hundred percent think Rashford's gonna. He's not gonna get it together to the tune of last season. Yeah. But Manchester United is not going to be this bad. Yeah. I think they're not that good, and I don't think they were that good last season. But correct me if I'm wrong, they're currently like neutral or negative uh, non-penalty XG per 90, like XGD per 90. Like they're a bad team right now. Yeah. Um, and I... I think there will be a change of manager if they continue to be a bad team because their players are way too good and what the manager is doing with them is from my position, which is just like neutral, is completely insane. Yeah. Um, I mean, they for it depends on the website uh, that you kind of refer to XG, XGA, all that sort of stuff. Um, because everyone has different ways of measuring it and yeah, yeah, yeah. calculating the values. So FBref is w- one of my go-to's. They roughly have the same XG and XGA value, like yeah. around thirteen to fourteen, which is very worrying. It is very worrying. Yeah, that's that's not a good team. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. Mount, uh, I mean, <sighs> uh, dude, get rid so, of. So, like, I don't know. I That's bought Mount as well. Mm. Um, I bought Mount as well, and uh, United's. I mean, it's a carryover from the Rashford answer, which is that United's just a car crash, and there's a lot of players who are co- collateral damage. Now, yeah. the question is just, do they figure it out? And do you have the roster time to let them figure it out? Because, I look, Mount, Grealish, Martinelli, Jesus, and Rashford all still have name value. And you yeah. can get return on them in trades still. Yeah. Like, I bet you that in 70% of leagues, you could get Mario or Willy Bully in return for any of these players. Hmm. Um... But, I'd probably try. I'd, I'd probably try to go after Bully uh, with Mount, but I don't think it works. Yeah, I mean, it just depends if if you have people that are sort of like line watchers in your leagues, or if there's mm. name watchers, you know. And I, yeah. I think that both strategies are sort of viable. I don't think one's necessarily better than the other because there is sort of like evidence for long termism actually paying off. Now with Grealish. I have sort of an interesting anecdote here, which is that Pep today in his press conference was talking about how bad Grealish's injury was and that he's a rhythm player and has had to get back into rhythm and he's now just getting back into rhythm. And I think um, by the next international break, we'll see him playing a lot more again in the Premier League. Um, And I think you'll be able to get more out of him as an asset and especially if you have like a handcuff or something like that for him in Doku or, or Alvarez, um, that would be ideal. Uh, mm. but 
I would definitely sit on Grealish. Yeah. I mean, I'd sit on Martinelli as well. I think he's... Yeah, Martinelli's barely underperforming. I mean, he's yeah. just, like, not scoring <laughs> 16 points a game, but doesn't he yeah. have, like, 10 points a game or something like that? Maybe it's slightly Wouldn't lower. would surprise me. But if you take out I his mean, injury game, I think it's, like, 10 points a game. Yeah, it's it's just the injury worry, and um, yeah, I'd be I'd be wanting him all day long, to be honest. Um, so it, it it's really Mount bad, everyone else good, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I I honestly just class Rashford and Mount in the same. Fair. Where it's Fair. like, uh, but obvi- Rashford has playing time now, yeah. which is the difference. Yeah. I mean, starting games, not sure about finishing them. But anyways, um, let's move on to our next question. Uh, Do you want to read this one out from Mo? Yes, sir. This is from Mo. His uh, avatar is a picture of Sid from Toy Story. I love that you picked that out. (laughs) (laughs) A little concerning uh, to start with here. Um, He says, I'm currently second in my league. First of all, congratulations, Mo. Well done. Keep going for that number one spot, which is obviously great, but I feel like some key, with some key players being injured, as a, for example, my squad will run out of gas. I like this idea of it being sort of like a, like a team that's playing two games a week. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The legs are getting tired. Uh, what players do you think I should trade high and which players to target that have a good upside in the coming week? I can get Trent, Martinelli, Foden. Well, okay. Get Trent, Martinelli, and Foden. I think <laughs> if, if you have an easy trade in, but let's see who you have. You have Willian, DCL, Eze, Dowdy, Jensen, Embuemo with Mount as backup, McNeil, VVD, Char, Dallow, and Onana. So that <laughs> you saying that you can get Trent Martinelli and Foden with this team, as long as you're not trading out DCL and potentially Embuomo, it's hard for me to see a trade that you could make that would be bad value for any one of those players. Yeah, maybe, I'm assuming like, he's he's talking about trading out Eze for one of these guys, maybe. That's the way I interpreted it, at least. But, I mean, even then, you, you trade any of these guys for Trent, right? I mean... Yeah, but are you not concerned about Trent doesn't have set pieces to himself anymore, corners to himself anymore? Because that was one of his main reasons for getting points. Yeah, like, I, mean, I still think he's going to be a good asset. I don't think I don't think Trent is what he was. I mean, also, like, him slotting into midfield a lot is, like hurting his value pretty significantly mm. but he's still scoring a lot of points like he's not a bad player by any he's not a bad str- player no like I'd, I'd still take Eze over all of these guys though like I want the talisman from the team like Eze also if you watch Eze play man Eze is so silky man Eze is a baller like do you really want <laughs> do you really want Eze over Martinelli uh you don't have to worry about rotation yeah, but like, I don't like. <laughs> Crystal Palace are not good. <laughs> They're not good. They're not. I mean, Arsenal will score goals, obviously. Like that's a given. Yeah. Like it's just, 
it's simple math sort of where it's like okay you get one you get the let's say second or third best attacking return player on the second best team in the league versus having the best attacking return player on like the 10th or 11th best team in the league it's just Eze is very good but I think there's been a lot going through him that once Elise is back is going to relieve him of a lot of that responsibility in the same way that we're talking about Trent. Yeah. Like Elise suddenly takes all of the left footed set pieces. It's true. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I don't, but I, I mean, I like Eze. I just, I don't believe in that team at all. Fair. Fair. Uh, I mean, if if I had to throw out suggestions and they might be well, maybe you could do Eze for Martinelli. Uh, if you really want Trent, maybe you could package VVD and Gakpo for Trent. I tried it; it didn't work, and I'm kind of glad that it didn't because VVD is like smashing it right now. Yeah, VVD is great. Um, and if you really want Foden, you might have to give up, like, I guess Embuemo and someone else. But I have to say, this is a very like. This is a very smart guy team. Like, yeah. every single one of these players is, like, much better than you think about them. Which yeah. is a testament to the fact that you're second in your league with this team is very impressive. Yeah. Like, on paper. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I don't think that you necessarily need to do anything other than what you're doing. I it's it's hard to know what you can get other than just saying you can get Trent Martinelli and Foden. <laughs> but, like, I would really target a premium forward, I think. Um, yeah. You do have Gakpo. Um, but, but I think you can... You should or try and do better, I think. Yeah. Because you, yeah. you have good midfielders. Yeah. Um, obviously, like... Maybe trade out one of those midfielders and one of those defenders. I don't think you need VVD, Shar, and Dallo. And I would try and get back yeah. a premium forward if you can swing it. Um, maybe. Gabi would... J? Hmm? Gab- Gabi Jesus, maybe? Yeah, I mean, if he's available, absolutely. Like, yeah. We're a quarter into the season. Yeah. You can start taking some insights from that but mm. you also have to remember that we're a quarter into the season and yeah. guys who were good last season are probably going to be good this season yeah uh yeah. sometimes not because of situation and stuff like there's obviously always going to be fluctuations and variance but mm. um i i think buying low on Gab- gabriel jesus if he's available is dynamite call sanji yeah lovely all right, uh, next question, Subatomic Squash. Uh, do you think Moyes will give Kudu starting minutes in the Premier League anytime soon? Should I keep burning a roster spot or try to see if I can trade him out? <sighs> Moyes is a stubborn old man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I watched David Moyes play Mikael Antonio for however minutes he played in that Villa game before I had to leave. Uh, and he was absolutely awful so uh, i wouldn't be totally hopeful about the potential for kudos especially after the um 
oh, what is the name of my Italian brother that uh, Scamacca experienced yeah. last season? I think yeah. Moyes is very hard to break in for. But, I mean, it's like, it obviously depends what you can get back in a trade. If somebody in your league sees something in Kudus, like, you don't have to just have, like, the sunk cost fallacy in him. If you can get something back, like, get something back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, Listen, I think Kudus is the real deal, but, again... Having this sort of hope that you're clinging on to while trying to be realistic about how David Moyes is and the type of place he is, like, find a West Ham fan, I think. Try and trade him out. Um, but yeah, I would, just, I would get something back that you're, like, excited about. Yeah. Then you have your new shiny toy, you know? It's, like, it's that yeah. simple, uh, just a change in your mentality <laughs> slightly where it's, like, stop holding on to the past and start being yeah. excited about the future, man. Exactly. Go after like a Brighton player. You're gonna enjoy watching your Brighton asset play. Like they're they're such a good team to watch. So yeah, now that Sully March is out, heard there's gonna be less rotation. Try and get an yeah. Ansu Fati. He's gonna there be playing go. a lot. Oh, there you go. A like little that. little new thing that uh, isn't gonna be playing every ninety, but he's gonna be real exciting when he does. He's scoring goals too, man. Oh Do yeah, it. I like that. I like that shout. All right, uh, so we got a few from Yao G8. Uh, so we'll take them one at a time. Who do you think I can trade out for Gakpo? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know what your player pool looks like, but... Maybe maybe he was responding to Mo? That's my only thought. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you can trade... I, w- I would say you can trade Gakpo out for... Anyone that you are excited about. There's no... It's, it's, Gakpo is not a great fantasy asset. No, he's not. Not at all. It's, it's a very frustrating thing Gakpo because... Gakpo is. Who can we compare him to? Because Gakpo rotates, but if, if and when he plays, he has a high potential to get an attacking return because of the team that he plays for. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. But... I don't think you're going to be able to get any other midfielder or defender that rotates and has that sort of potential. So you want someone that plays consistently, but doesn't really average that well, in a sense. So, like, hmm. I'm wondering, is there like a, like a Van de Ven? <laughs> yeah. Mickey can't defend? He's the best. He's actually very good. I just, he says very I good. heard the nickname Mickey can't defend, and now I have to say it every time that someone brings him up. But, but I'm, I'm thinking like that from like a decent team, but you're not getting like the top defender from yeah. that team. Yeah. So, Sanji, can I get you to guess how many Total fantasy points. Oh, let's just say fantasy points per game. Cody Gakpo's averaging in my home league right now, which is pretty close to normal settings. Maybe nine to ten. Yeah, so he's at six. <laughs> and and so when when people think about Cody Gakpo, I think yeah. they actually are thinking about Diego Jota. Yeah. <laughs> and what he really is is like Alex Oxlade Chamberlain or like Navi yeah. when he started. 
Yeah. He's like pretty good on the turn and sprays the ball out to Salah, sprays the ball out to Nunez. Like he's a good player. Um, but he, um, he is absolutely expendable from a fantasy perspective, in my opinion. And if you look yeah. at the limited, uh, returns that he put up last season, he had nine fantasy points per game. So like, mm. That's not a premium forward, and if people are valuing him anywhere near premium in your league, I think you should trade him out for anything that you're excited about. Yeah, I, I mean, you could also maybe go after one of the promoted team strikers that are playing 90 minutes every game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. I mean, I think Carlton Morris is a good shout. Yeah, He's been a super um, high-ceiling guy so far this season. I think he's at nine. He's also at nine points a game, which is what Gakpo is, but he's got 80-plus total points in my league, which is like uh, 56th overall. And I think at that like point-per-game rate that we've seen Gakpo at, he would probably be at like 100 overall with the minutes that he's getting over the course of the season. Yeah. Uh, so next question from him is, uh, what do you do with Kudus, Jolenton, and Suchak? We talked about Kudus. Try and maybe get a trade for him or something sorted. Uh, Jolenton and Suchak. Very similar players. Yeah. Very good players. Yeah. Um, what to do with them is keep them in your team and start them every week. <laughs> that they start. Simple. Very simple. Very good advice. Yeah. Incredible. And like, honestly, just they, they are underrated in the sense mm-hmm. that they have a base value to their returns that not many other midfielders in the game do. I mean, like, it's someone like Norgard or, or Matthias Jensen are, I think, are also comparable. Um, yep. but you're never going to make a mistake starting them when they start. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be too harsh on Jolinton either. Like, he's had a bit of an injury-ridden start to the season yeah. as well. And I don't believe he's gotten any attacking returns, but he's still ghosting well enough, in my yeah. opinion. So Selling I, a Newcastle asset is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, buy low, if anything, on Jolinton. Buy every single Newcastle asset. in the yeah. They're the best team yeah. in the league so far, by far. Unfortunately, yeah. I don't like Newcastle, but they are... like. <laughs> If you look at all of the underlying metrics, they tell you that Newcastle yeah. is by far the best team in the league. And if you yeah. take out the Sheffield United game and take out every other team's best performance, they're still second. Yeah. 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 All right. Last one from him. Uh, he promises, which keep it a stream for the next couple of weeks split between Johnston, Trafford, and Neto. As you can probably guess, I lost this week. Neto. <laughs> yeah. Oh. For the next couple of weeks, let me pull up a one of those fixture thingies. You have to remember um, that goalkeepers playing against good teams is good for the goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, on that note, Bournemouth play Burnley at home, City away, Newcastle at home. Yeah. Um, Burnley play Bournemouth away, Crystal Palace at home, Arsenal away. And then... Uh, Johnston, Crystal Palace plays Spurs at home, Burnley away, Everton at home. So yeah, I think uh, John has it on point. Uh, Neto, um, just and Neto's just the best keeper out of them. Yeah, and he yeah. has the most points out of them. Yeah, and his fixture list after 
these three games are also very favorable in the sense that you, as a keeper, in my opinion, you either want to be playing the best teams or the worst teams. Yeah. And if we go beyond Burnley, Manchester City, Newcastle, he then plays Sheffield United, Villa at home, Crystal Palace away, Manchester United away, Luton at home, Forest away, Fulham at home. Yeah. That's an unreal run for a keeper. Yeah. There's like no mid-table teams in there except Palace and Manchester United. <laughs> nice job. I, I mean, to, to kind of put the cherry on top is that like, I I mean, Johnson and Trafford potentially could get rotated. I think Neto's club captain for Bournemouth. So if you want added security on your pick, like mm. that, you can have that. So. Absolutely. All right. Um, we got a few more questions. Hopefully we can run through these. Uh, oh my God. Yeah, I know it's re- it's really late. You, just let me know what, uh, no, if we're good. We're good. I just didn't expect this, <laughs> this engagement is fire. Good job, guys. Cheers, we got man. another thank Trini you, boy. You. Let's go. Yeah. So Jagos. So Jagos is actually Ryan, my regular pod partner. Yeah, I nice. think he's studying for exams and stuff at the moment. So he says he's not recording this week. So he's asking the questions as well. Um, are these players trade high considerations, or do you think they maintain value rest of season so owners should hold? Uh, Bowen, Palmer, Doughty, Ben White, Dallow, Darwin, Wissa. So we can take them one at a time. Yeah, these are these are great suggestions, Ryan. Good job. Um, I think Bowen is a hold. Yep. Palmer is a true sell high. You think so? Well, not ghosting on pens. Yeah, fair. Yeah. But this is your reaction is why he's a true sell high because he's sexy. <laughs> and so yeah. <laughs> you have to sell on players while they're sexy. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, Dowdy is a true sell high in my opinion. Mm. And like sell high now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, White for me is a hold. Yeah. Uh, Dallow for me. I mean, I didn't. I haven't. I don't think about him as a sell high. I don't know where you're at on. I think right now you can sell high because okay, he had yeah, that twenty so point of the streamer it. versus Sheffield. Yeah. I I don't know what to expect from Eric Ten Hag. Like. Yeah. And that team is terrible. So. Yeah, and so Darwin for me is like a, actually a buy low right now Agreed. because he's still yeah. on the bench. Uh, Agreed. So if you and getting attacking returns off the bench, eh? yeah, I I love Darwin, yeah. um, and Wissa for me is a hold. I think he's actually yeah. very underrated. Are you not worried about um, Afcon post Afcon Tony coming back? Yeah, so I mean, when you consider all those things, maybe you sell, but that's a while down the road. Yeah, and I don't think Tony's going to be playing for Brentford. Yeah, there's a lot of rumors about him going Arsenal or something. Well, like that. he's like he's like fucking speed dating clubs while he's banned for gambling. I mean, this guy, yeah. not great vibes. I have to say, <laughs> how he's handled the whole thing. Great player, bad vibes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Next question from someone eighty eight. Uh, biggest fan tracks regret that still haunts you to this day. Oh man, that's such a deep question. <laughs> <laughs> saying that Felipe Coutinho was Villa's best fantasy asset last season <laughs> on this very same podcast with oh. many caveats yeah. but still yeah. can't can't walk that back and it haunts me every day how about you Sanjay? 
Um, I think it would. The one that comes to mind is um, when Mourinho was at United. Um, there was I'm, I don't know why I'm blanking on the midfielder's name, but uh, he had a midfielder that was like a feisty character and had a good run towards the end of a season. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name right now. Juan Mata? No, 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 no. He played like CDM sort of, like Fred sort of vibes. Oh, under Herrera? Under Herrera. He went to PSG, yeah. though. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So, I, under Herrera, I think, had set pieces and shit at one point and was like ghosting really, really oh well towards God. the end of the season. And I was like, okay... I think this guy's gonna have a breakout season. You I don't know? like where this and is I, going. <laughs> I ended up drafting him as my second round pick on the turn in one of my leagues, like a what? home league or something. Sanji. Yeah. One of the worst decisions I ever made as a Fantrax manager. And I got mocked for it, rightly so. Um, that's not a regret, that's sure- a confession. <laughs> I mean, other regrets. I don't. I don't usually have regrets other than yeah. that. I mean, no regrets. No, no regrets. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I I think it, it's always been like second, second, third picks for me every season is always a regret. I think I always get them wrong because yeah. I try to go a bit punty and it never pays off. Yeah. Like Pedro Neto, the season before he was actually smashing it. So yeah, yeah. All right. Final question from Andrew, one of our new Discord members. Welcome to the Discord, Andrew. What up, Andrew? His question is, Jacob Murphy, rest of season, flash in the pan, or do we get value rest of season? What do you think? Flash. Yeah. Flash! Oh. It's that It's that simple. And I know I just said buy every Newcastle asset you can get your hands on, Um but the issue with Murphy isn't his performance, it's his playing time. Yep. And um, they have so many players to play in that position. They might go to two strikers. Like, the list goes on. Um, but he's he's good when he plays, so you should play him when he plays. <laughs> yeah. If he's just yeah. perpetually on waivers, I don't think he's someone that needs to clog a, a roster spot. Yeah, agreed. If he's bench, drop him. Just be quick. Like or maybe get some fab value out of him right now. I don't think you get trade value. Maybe fab. Yeah. Talk to some yeah. people. Maybe they like him. Maybe they're yeah. thinking this buy Newcastle uh, strat. Yeah. There you go. All right, sweet. Thank you for all those questions, guys. Really appreciate it. Now we're gonna move into our final segment, which is the FA slash waiver picks. <laughs> So for this segment, we look at assets that are under 50% owned because we think you have an easier chance to grab them in your leagues, unless you're in one of our leagues, which you probably won't have any chance. Um, But yeah, we'll take it uh, position by position. Um, We've got a bunch of names here. We probably won't go through all of them, just ones that kind of jump out because we talked a lot about some of these assets, right? Um, So let's kick things off with goalkeeper. I think we just have a few names. Is there anyone in particular you want to talk about that we haven't already? Yeah, I mean, so we already talked about uh, Neto. Yeah. I think it's an absolute crime that he's only 33% owned. He's fifth in points, at least in in my league. So um, he should be pretty up there in everyone's league. We just do the... 
the first goals free system. <laughs> yeah, I mean, much smarter. We we kind of debated that a lot in like uh, the draft society and stuff like that, like changing the scoring because it's brutal, man. That that negative two right off the bat, it's brutal. Yeah, um, but uh, he is a very good goalkeeper, like we said, and he should be owned. Yeah, and the guys who are owned. That uh, have like ninety to eighty percent ownerships is an absolute joke. Uh, so if we go into goalkeepers and uh, look at like Andrin Onana, for example, yeah, I mean, <laughs> absolutely. But like Ederson has an eighty-six percent ownership rate. Yeah, and he gets six fantasy points a game. Yeah. Emiliano Martinez, similar deal to Ederson, 6.6 points a game in my league, 76% ownership rate. Like, like I know Neto could get the odd game where he gets like a negative two or some of that, but he could also get you a 20-point hole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Neto has, he has multiple hauls this season. He has hauls of 11, 19, 18 and a pretty solid floor so far, at least in, in my league. So, um, yeah, I would definitely recommend him. Um, how, do, uh, how do you feel about either Pickford or Kaminsky right now? Um, you know, I think Kaminsky, like if we go back to the Inside Tracks episode with the Luton rep, I yeah. think he really correctly identified the benefits of a goalkeeper like Kaminsky in um, Luton's system um, mm. because they're putting so many people in front of the goal that ideally they shouldn't be conceding high XG chances. Yeah. The problem is that so far this season, Luton is conceding high XG ch- chances and he's not getting a ton of points. So yeah. we've seen Luton performing a little bit better over the last few weeks and uh, from that, his performances have taken a turn upward, but I still don't think that the way they're playing has the high point return upside of some of the other guys that you would rather have in that range. Yeah. I mean, if if I had to make a pick, though, like just to gamble on getting save potential, I'm probably going to lean towards... Uh, Kaminsky rather than Neto because Neto has Burnley at home and uh, I mean Kaminsky's at Villa Park right so yeah he's, but Kaminsky's probably also going to concede a, a fuck ton of goals <laughs> there's that chance as well mm. so that that's why the third name we had was uh, Pickford 32% owned versus West Ham like I think West Ham will also attack at home but I don't know I, like, it's like you said right I, I feel like people are maybe being a bit too harsh on Everton and yeah. their assets so I have I have a great um, stat for you guys here, which is that in on FB Ref as you were mentioning, you can actually go through post shot expected goals per shot on target for each team mm-hmm. in the Premier League. Yeah, and Luton and Aston Villa are joint highest in terms of the value of chances that they give up. So. Uh, Luton uh, concede 0.37 of a post shot expected goal for every shot on target. Whereas uh, Bournemouth are at 0.31 and then Everton 
are at 0 0.30. Hmm. So, um, and what's very interesting is that theoretically, Mark Flecken should be by far the best fantasy keeper, but he's a terrible keeper in real life. Because <laughs> Brentford yeah, only yes. concede 0.21 post-shot expected goals per shot and target. Yeah. So if you just think about that being basically your save percentage, he has the highest estimated save percentage of every keeper in the league. Yeah. I mean, he was he was supposed to match Raya. Like, there was all these FBRF comparisons as well, like percentile this, percentile that. But mm. it's like you said, Itas as well, he's, he's pretty bad. And his replacement, yeah. he's pretty fucking bad too. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, defenders. Um, again, we've got a few names here. Um, I want to maybe start on Doherty. We saw him come back into the lineups. That's because I think the FPL Tower was fucked up. They didn't flag Semedo as missing a game. And I think a lot of people missed out on grabbing Doherty as an FA. Put up 15 ghost points. I mean, should be taken with a grain of salt given that their opposition was Bournemouth. But do you think there's any chance of a revival of, you know, Doherty of the past? Or is this just this one-off sort of thing? Um, for me, it's sort of fool's gold and yeah. you should be looking to sell him to someone else or for FAB if you, if someone else is interested. I mean, this is not the first time he's been on the pitch this season. He's played two halves before and in mm -hmm. those halves sort of prorated, he scored five points both times for yeah. a 90. So, yeah. um, playing Bournemouth up a red card, getting all those aerials. I think he had like eight aerials or something. Yeah. Uh, Showed up in the data dump, right? Yeah. Yeah. Matt Darty is not going to get eight aerials in any other game <laughs> in the rest of his career. Yeah. I mean, th that probably also explains why Dawson smashed it with that 15 pointer, right? It's the same yeah. sort of game state scenario that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, Maguire, 16% owned. Reborn asset? Yeah, I think he should be owned. I mean, I was so excited about when he was linked to West Ham. Yeah. I like immediately yeah. picked him up in my league and was like, this is the best free agent pickup ever. Yeah. Because yeah. he's actually a really good fantasy asset. The thing that's limiting yeah. him is, is basically just United. And yeah. Look, for Manchester United fans out there, I don't want you to misconstrue this as me saying, you know, Maguire is the best and it's, United that's ruined him. I'm just speaking purely from a fantasy perspective. For those who know, Leicester City, Maguire was one of the best center defenders in the game mm -hmm. for multiple seasons. Yeah. And uh, he just hasn't gotten back to that since I think like Jose was manager of Manchester United. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. but I, I think there's definitely value there. And um, I would be, I would be looking to play him as long as he's getting minutes. Yeah, only 16% owned. Uh, uh, I mean, maybe we not against City? Because mm, City's just going to have the ball know, all the time. That's the issue. He's not going to get the aerials against them. But he's going to love that physical battle versus uh, Holland. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. 
Uh, I mean, we talked about you should be owning Newcastle assets. LaSalle's 18% owned, so I wouldn't want to spend too much time talking about him. I think yeah. if he's free, go grab him. Uh, but I do want to touch on an asset that we mentioned earlier in the pod. Mikolenko, 22% owned. Talk to us. Ab- absolute joke that he's 22% owned. I mean, he's he's owned in my league. <laughs> it's really just a sales pitch on Everton, which is that they're playing really good, really attacking football. And yep. uh, people hear Sean Dyche and think he's going to be awful. Uh, and boring and defensive, but uh, Mikolenko, so far this season, has returns of 7, 9, 13, 10, and 8. Really consistent, really good, gets all over the pitch. Um, a really great floor defender. I mean, I think he's sort of like, he's probably like a defender 3 in a 12-team league that you can mm-hmm. just slot into your lineup and set and forget. And he'll do better than most streams. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Uh, any other defenders you want to touch on before we move on to the next position? Yeah, I mean, I think just if Ben Me isn't owned in your league, pick him up. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, okay, midfielders. Um I mean, we touched on Townsend 2%. We touched on Murphy 15%. Uh, kind of touched on McAtee 3% owned as well. Uh, yeah, I know where we can go. Alex Scott 5% owned. Playing yeah. a relegation team. Yeah. The Gert- so the I heard him. Yeah, I was just going to mention that. Like. <laughs> He was are, absolute are you... fire for Bristol in the championship. He was like, uh, yeah. I, I was so impressed with him. Only uh, point five uh, or negative point uh, five points this game week. Yeah, but I mean, he he's playing for this Bournemouth team is so challenging <laughs> to be able to know what to do with the results, and like everything's going to be different. I mean, like, the yeah. sales pitch is basically that he's an attacking midfielder yeah. that could potentially be getting game time. And from my experience of watching him, he's quite good. Yeah, yeah. The downside is, like you're saying, that in his limited burn, he didn't do particularly well. Mm. Um, but uh, the fact that a manager threw him out there basically right after his injury with a start, given all the other attacking assets that are in that Bournemouth team, should tell you that he has some talent in those boots. So, yeah. um, I mean, really the challenge also is like, what's the upside? He's probably not going to be on set pieces. He's probably not going to be taking mm. penalties. Bournemouth mm. are a pretty bad team. Who are they going to bring in as manager? But I think the upside is high enough that you might want to take a look at him. Yeah, fair enough. Irola wasn't fired, right? He still has a job, right? Everyone is saying that he's sacked. They're doing the thing where they're like dancing on his grave on Twitter. Uh, any other assets you want to touch on? I mean, you to- you you told people if you're playing Luton, Burnley, or whatever, like grab. So that's why you have Zaniolo down here. But uh, I mean, I think we did kind of touch on him already. Any other assets you want to touch I on? Mean, or should we go? Gravenberg only forty six percent. Yeah, 
It's wild. So I yeah. think like to people that are listening to a fantasy Premier League podcast, maybe yeah. uh, this isn't particularly relevant. But if somehow he's not owned in your league, pick him up. He's very yeah, he's good. Close. Yeah. And, um, but really the one I want to highlight is Dominguez. Mm, yeah. Um, he is an extremely good player. He was extremely productive at mm-hmm. Bologna last season mm-hmm. and, um, is in the Argentinian national team set up, um, gets forward for Forrest. They're playing in sort of like an advanced playmaker type of role and he has a ton of energy. Therefore, yeah. picks up a ton of ghost points, gets around the pitch, gets tackles. Yeah. Um, I think he is really, really, really underrated. And if he wasn't owned in my league already like six weeks ago, I would own him by now. He, yeah, more of a shooter, less of a creator, I would say. Yeah, he's probably um, the forest asset that's outside of like Morgan Gibbs White and Bully that I think has the most staying power over the course of the season. Yeah. Interesting. He's really good. Okay. Yeah. I mean he's Argentinian, I rate that, so <laughs> Alright, so final position forward. Um yeah. we touched on a Dingra. We touched on Franca a bit as well. So from the other names, uh, who do you want to kind of start with, I guess? Oh, my God. This is rough picking. <laughs> uh, I mean, I can give you a starting point. You might not like it. Yeah, sure. Give me a starting point. Neil Mopai. Uh, don't touch him. <laughs> he, he should have scored, eh? Yeah. Well, he was unlucky I'm... not to get to get a goal, but so... back at the old club, vibes pick. I don't know. Oh, like... my God. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I would just say let someone else go down that road. Yeah, you know, let me like, do it. I'll I'll be that person. <laughs> as sort of the old man in this game, I feel like what I've learned over time is that a lot of the time it's about the moves that you don't make. <laughs> yeah. Fair. And dropping someone for Neil, Neil Mope is one of those moves that you probably shouldn't make. Yeah, fair. Very <laughs> fair. Yeah. Um... Uh, if, if I can, I do just briefly yep. want to touch on Leon Bailey here. Definitely. Um, because. Oh, one of my, what, so one of my boys back home, by the way, I don't know if you listened to the previous part or something, but, uh, Jamaica played in Trinidad. Um, he got to meet Leon in person. Oh, no way. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll send you the picture. <laughs> oh, that's legendary. Let's go. Um, wow. That's so sick. Um, so I put both Zaniolo and Bailey in for um, this week because yeah. I think it is up in the air as to which of them starts versus versus Luton. Mm, and okay. um, I mentioned this uh, in a DM to someone who reached out to me because I was going to be on the show. I think his at is Frog Taga. So go yeah, yeah. send him a follow for a nice feedback uh, yeah. question. And I think, um, so there's a midweek game for Villa. They're playing yep. in Amsterdam against Azed Alkmaar, or I guess technically in Alkmaar, but basically Amsterdam. <laughs> mm. And um, Bailey came off the bench, scored an unreal goal, dropped the shoulder, 
put in far corner uh, yeah. against West Ham. And I think if Zaniolo and Bailey both play against Alkmaar and Bailey mm-hmm. performs better than Zaniolo, he'll get the starting spot on Sunday. But if it's even or if uh, Zaniolo is better, he'll get the starting spot. And I don't, I think it'll take a pretty solidly better performance for Emery to change his lineup. He's not going to just go away from a winning team at home for no reason. Um, but I also think he wants to continue to give players the chance to like earn a shirt. So if Bailey does earn the shirt, uh, I would definitely put him in against Luton. I think that's a perfect matchup for him. He's actually very good as a winger. Mm. A lot of people have tried to play him in different positions and stuff like that, <laughs> but when he's crossing the ball in, we played this team from Bosnia called Brzezinski, uh, <laughs> that are basically the Europa Conference League's version of Luton. And yeah. um, he sent in like 20 crosses, and a lot of them were really good. Uh, and he okay. was playing on the left-hand side in that game as well, which is the position he would be competing with Saniolo for. So there's something to look out for. And then we do also have Forrest and Fulham up in the games after that, and there's going to continue to be Europa. And I don't yeah. think, um, I think we're going to continue to rotate. So, um, if Bailey gets a start, I know I told you guys to swear off him. And I also told myself I would never go down this road again, but <laughs> you know, never say never, <laughs> never say never. Here we are again in this romantic comedy that we call fan tracks. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Um, yeah, I, I think. I think that's that's all we want to discuss, right? The those are the picks, and that is the pod, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode, John. It was an absolute blast having you on the pod, man. Yeah, Lived I I, I kind of regret not having done this sooner. Like <laughs> all gas, no breaks. I had a great time. Thank you for having me. For it was a pleasure, man. Sharing this great platform and community. Loved all the questions. Getting to read people's names and your funny uh, icons out loud. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. Hope to be on sooner rather than later. Maybe we can get some of these uh, question after dark pods uh, going. <laughs> so definitely. regularly but uh definitely every now and then it would be really fun so thanks for yep. having me again my pleasure man it was honestly uh, i i honestly love this chat another great part in the books i think and yeah we'll we'll have to plan something i think some sort of uh after dark like you said yeah, <laughs> sort of series it. love that <laughs> all right guys um yeah i mean good luck for uh your next gaming gaming 10 i think ryan should be back hopefully he's done a lot of studying for his exam he probably didn't um who knows if he's even gonna listen to the pod but yeah i mean stay safe uh again like ross says have fun uh and we'll catch you on the next one peace Ciao.